Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we're so blessed that you've joined us on Calvary Live to today's edition. And we just pray that you would consider and giving us a call here. You just heard the number. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado, Northern Colorado, and so glad to be with you, usually hosting on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so give us a call to ask your questions or to give your prayer requests. The number is 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. All lines are open right now. Grab one of those open lines because they can begin to fill up quickly. And then um, it's uh, something that we want to do, be able to get to the callers and Um, be able to um, answer your questions or to pray with you. The hour goes by fairly quickly. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And there's another way for you to be able to get a hold of us to ask a question or a prayer request, and that's 720-336-0897, which is the text line. That is for texting only. Be safe when you're texting. And so through the text line, we will use that as we're waiting for the calls to come in. We want to welcome everyone, everyone who's listening on live on Grace FM uh, along the Front Range in Colorado, two different radio stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado and Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, and then 89.7, this powerful signal in Northern Colorado up in the Southern Wyoming. Welcome And uh, we're so glad that you are listening today. Pray that you are doing well. Maybe perhaps you find yourself uh, coming home from work, you're in traffic, or maybe uh, you're getting the kids a snack after school, or uh, maybe you're just uh, waiting for, you know, as you drop your kids off to practice, whatever it might be, uh, just give me a call if you get a chance, 303-690-3000 is the calling number to be able to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or what? how do we react uh, to the things that we see going on around us. And there's a lot of things that are going on around us, and we just want to be able to bless you here on the show and be able to minister to you God's truth. And that's what's wonderful about Calvary Live. I also want to welcome all those who are listening Radio by Grace throughout the country, different radio stations. You two are listening live And then those of you who are online uh, that are listening from the four corners of the country, um, you can call anywhere in the United States at 303-690-3000. The call-in number, text line is 720-336-0897. Put those two numbers in your contacts, and then you can pull it up anytime um, that uh, you want to uh, give us a call or text us a question or a prayer request. I'd love to talk to you. Got a couple open lines. Also, just want to shout out to those who are listening on Hope FM on the East Coast and Truth FM. Uh, You guys have been part of our Calvary Live family for uh, 
several years now, and you are a week delayed along with Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. But that just simply means that you can call. We'll have our conversation, and then you get to listen to that broadcast a week from now. And so i uh, love to talk to you guys. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about the Word of God. Let's um, let's just be blessed in every way uh, by your phone calls and by your text messages. Uh, so grab one of those open lines. And let's talk about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado with you on this Tuesday, the 11th of of October. Uh, beautiful fall day, and so glad to be with you. Let's go to Karen in Armorillo, Texas. Karen? Hi. How Hi. are you, Karen? Thanks for my call. Thanks Hi. for calling. Okay, thank you. Uh, so I have two quick questions. Um, uh, the first being, you know, when we're when we're saved and washed in the blood and our sins forgiven and we become followers of, followers of Christ and we're saved by his mercy and grace, um, we embrace scripture um, that tells us that uh, our sins are forgiven and remembered no more. So... It just you know, I when I try to think things through, sometimes I think, oh, I just don't even try to kind of figure it all out because you kind of can't. Because I'm thinking of Judgment Day, so if our right. sins are forgiven and not even remembered, then do we do we who are saved also come before God in the same way, and Christ steps in one by one and and speaks for us, or do we still come before God and then at some point? You know, I'm just trying to think of the logistics yeah. and how that works. Yeah, and you're asking a very important question and a very good question because, you know, Paul writes in Second Corinthians that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, and all mm-hmm. means all. And then he says the same thing, I believe, in Romans chapter 14, we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We do know that we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, he has washed away our sins. I think about what Colossians chapter 2 tells us, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Uh, I'm so grateful that I have been forgiven. He takes our sins and he throws them. As far as the east is from the west is what the scripture says. And he remembers them no more. Um, you know, if you draw a line from... Uh, east to west, it it never meets. He didn't say north to south, because you can go north from here, from Texas, uh, you'll cross into Colorado, up into Wyoming, up to the North Pole, but as soon as you hit the North Pole, you start going south. Those those two points meet. You can go south. Here in Colorado, I can go south. I pass through Texas and uh, Mexico and South America. I hit the South Pole, and then it meets uh, a point to where I begin to go north. So it's interesting that the Bible doesn't say he throws them as far as the north is from the south, it's from the east from the west, because that's an infinite line. It never meets. I'm very grateful that uh, we get to, you know, as we stand before the Lord, that we stand before a mighty God who knows every thought that I ever thought who knows every action that I ever did, every 
every behavior, every day, every moment, um, every word that was uttered. And I think about that everything is open and naked before the Lord. And how can I stand there in my own righteousness? I can't. Uh, I, I stand there only not based on my righteousness, but I stand there based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been imputed to me by faith. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I have an advocate, a loving advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, who will stand. I won't stand alone, and you won't stand alone, that he is there. And it, it reminds me of the old hymn that says, Through the darkness I'll see that he's waiting for me. And his sweet voice will say that I will answer for thee, speaking of Jesus. And, and I love that. But with that said... What about standing at the judgment seat of Christ? When Paul uses that word judgment seat for us as believers, and he is talking about believers in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and Romans chapter 14, it speaks of of the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. So we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, not to be judged for our sins. Jesus took care of that on Calvary's cross. He took the judgment for you and for me. But we're going to receive rewards for what we have done for Christ in this life. And Paul goes on to say that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And we know that our works are going to be judged, and they're going to be tried by fire. And as 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us, that they're going to be likened to wood, hay, and stubble, or they will be likened to precious metals. And all the things that we did for Christ are going to shine forth. And, you know, and, and I used to kind of think that uh, we'll stand at uh, the judgment seat of Christ and there's all my works in a pile and, and then the fire goes through and there's a few, you know, things that are left, precious metals and things like that. But I really think more that when we go home to be with the Lord, as Paul would go on to say in Second Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And when we go home to be with him, Karen, it's not going to be Peter at the pearly gates, you know, with this big book and all of this and the jokes that are made, but we're going to be with him. And as Revelation chapter 1 says that he has those eyes that are like a flame of fire, and he's going to look at us with those eyes of fire, those eyes of flame, those eyes of love, and all the things that are unlike him are going to just burn up and all the things that we did for him are going to shine forth. And and I desire to hear those, those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then as the book of Jude says, that he who is able to keep you from stumbling will present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. And the Lord's going to present us before the Father and introduce us to the Father, not that we need introducing, you know, but but here is my son, here's my daughter. And the Bible says that the Father and the Son are going to rejoice over you, over you in the work of his grace. And it's going to be a wonderful day. So what we do for Christ is going to be rewarded. And, and the Bible talks about in the New Testament, we should desire those those rewards. And you you can uh, read about it in in the epistle. Paul writes about crowns, 
rewards that are given mm-hmm. to us. Jesus spoke about it in the parable of the minas, in the parable of the talents, uh, being faithful to what God has entrusted to us. So that's what it means that we'll stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. Now, the unbelievers, they will stand at the great white throne judgment at the end mm-hmm. of the millennium reign. And and we won't stand there, but they will be judged um, and sentenced in the outer darkness, those who are unbelievers. Right, right. Yeah. That's a, Does that help? That's a huge help. And, oh, and a beautiful answer. Because, I mean, I've been a born-again Christian since I was nine years old, but I never had dissected uh, those passages uh, with details to the north and south and east and west, that's a great explanation and, and everything you gave after that. And, and my entire Sunday school class was asking that one day a few weeks, uh, a few couple of years ago in a kids, Baptist kids. church. Okay, so yeah. can I ask my second question? Sure. Okay, so I'm running errands in my car, and uh, Pastor Bill from Grace here in Amarillo, that's my church now, um, a service ca- sermon came on just a little while ago, and he was speaking about all things working for good in the Lord for those who, you know, are believers, and um, described tragedies in his life, and, and you know, I had one to match every one of his, and that's been on my mind for years, and I've had friends bring it up, too. Um, you know, when you hear pastors say that passage, everybody whispers, define good. <laughs> all things work for good, you know. And they say things yeah. like, my son's been gone for X number of years. I've not seen anything that I can see good has come from that. It didn't, in, it, yeah. I don't see that it worked in the family in a certain way that was for good. We missed right. him. I think it's be. important so, for us. Uh, what's your, how do you explain it, or how, what's your perception of what that means? Yeah, and, and I'm so so sorry for your loss. And, you know, in those tragedies and difficulties, you know, people will come along, they'll quote Romans eight twenty eight, and they'll say that, you know, he works all things for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And the thing to remember that his purpose is to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. He, the, Paul's not saying that he's going to turn the bad to good. What he's saying is, is that the Lord over time will work good in the bad, in the tragedy, in the difficulties, in the loss, in the pain, because you discovered that he's still there. You know, you'll discover that he still loves you. Sometimes when I've gone through very difficult times, and even in my loss, people will say, do you really believe that God still is love? And I say, oh, yes, I, I believe that more than ever, because he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's given me a peace that passes understanding. You know, he's given me joy inexpressible. He's drawn me to him. He's grown me. And there's still pain. There's still a lot of difficulty. There's struggles that happens for years and and for many days. And it's, you know, grief is a very, very long and difficult journey. But the Lord desires what we are being told, that he desires to still work in those times and over time and to work good somehow in his purposes and eternity's values and views. And sometimes we can look back and we don't understand. We don't understand, Lord, why? Why did this have to happen? And I don't have words for that, Karen. But what I can do is I can say, let's fall back into things that we do understand. 
and that is that his love remains and he's there with us and um and that we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and and that we can rest in this love and he desires to give us a peace that passes understanding and and so i think that's what the uh, intent of that passage is it's not that he takes the bad and turns it to good but he works the good in the bad and we go through bad things we go through tragedy and loss and difficulties because we live in a fallen world Yes, absolutely. So sorry, Karen. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. I hope that helps and comforts you. It does, and thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Appreciate your call. 303-690-3000 is calling number. When somebody hangs up, we got an open line, so we do have one open line. We're going to continue with the, the calls coming in. We're going to go to Denver with Mike. Hi, Mike. Mike, are you there? Okay, Mike dropped. He had a question about the Trinity. Um, and so Mike, love to talk to you about it, try to answer your question. So if you get a chance to call back, love to uh, be able to do that. If I get a chance, I'll come back and maybe answer your question um, if we have some time in the show. But we do have two open lines. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. And Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you today. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. I want to remind you that that text line is a 24-7 prayer line. So you can text in a prayer request anytime, 24-7. And the wonderful staff at, at Calvary Church in Aurora uh, we'll be looking at that, the, the prayer team, the, the, the pastors, and they will be praying for you. But during this show, as we have time, we'll go to the text line as um, the prayer requests come in and the questions. So be sure to send one out if that's your way to get a hold of us today. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the uh, state of Massachusetts where Sherry has been waiting. Hi, Sherry. Hi, how are you? I love your show. Thank you. Yeah, it means so much, I'm sure, not only to me, but to so many people. So may God bless you in your ministry. Appreciate the encouragement. Hey, Sherry. Yeah. Do you have have your radio on? Oh, I have you on. No, not at all. I just have you in my uh, AirPod. Did you need me to? Let me take you off. Yeah, I'm getting some feedback. Can you hear me better now? I can hear you. And it stops the feedback. Okay, thanks. Go ahead, Sherry. Yeah, so my question is, um, you know, in a world where people are, like, doing their own thing, and, of course, uh, in scriptures, uh, Jesus tells us, you know, that, that this is going to happen, that this this world has fallen, you know, and it's just going to, it's just going to go. It's going to go away. Um, so we already know. We can see the things that happen in this world. Uh, but specifically when it comes to, like, um, sexual, um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, I guess behavior that's not that's not correct. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how do we respond to people in a way where we're, we're, we're being compassionate uh, but we're not like compromising on our values as Christians. Um, yeah. When it comes to things more specifically like pronouns and, and you know addressing people who have 
you know, yeah. prefer to have yeah, those pronouns and things. It's, it's a good question because it's an important question because it's not just you, it's just not me. We're all dealing with it. You know, when we're dealing with sexual orientation, when we deal with pronouns, uh, when we're dealing with transgender, these are topics that we as Christians, how do we answer somebody? How do we talk with somebody about those things? And I, I think that I'm reminded kind of what you were saying in John chapter 1, where Jesus, that as we are told that he is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He, he was the perfect harmony of grace and truth. Uh, he never compromised truth, but he also was full of grace. And I think what happens sometimes is that Christians will present God with just a very angry, uh, very judgmental kind of of uh, presentation. And we know that sin's going to be judged. We know that um, the things that the Bible speaks of is true. Um, and Paul's very clear that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are adulterers, those who are, you know, practice homosexuality, those who are fornicators, those who are, you know, he goes down the list of things. There's a whole list of sins that are there. And then Paul goes on to say when he was writing to the Corinthians that such were some of you, but you've been saved and you've been sanctified. So we are to give truth to people, and I think that we can present that truth in talking with them. We don't have to come with an angry voice and a, a finger pointing, but we need to understand that the world's going to be the world. The world's going to be um, telling us to compromise, that this is okay, calling good evil, evil good. But the church needs to be the church, and we need to give truth to others and to be able to have those conversations with others, to be able to say that, you know, uh, for example, if they say this is a pronoun, um, you know, that I want you to use or um, whatever the case may be, it's okay to live any lifestyle that you want, that we can have that conversation of just talking with them and we can tell them the truth of what God's Word has to say Given it, speaking the truth in love, and to be able to have that conversation with them uh, about these things, and sometimes they'll they'll just they don't want to hear it. Um, but I don't think that you know I've heard some Christians just just blast away and and uh, pointing fingers and uh, um, and what they say is not necessarily wrong. Yeah, sin's going to be judged. Um, that. It is sin when we go in that direction. But, you know, what we do is we, we just begin to blast away and uh, we begin to forget about that there's a message of hope. There's a message of love and truth that we can give to them, that Jesus Christ loves them. We give them the cross is what we're to do. And here's the thing, Sherry. Do we do that differently um, with, say, for example, somebody who um, is— uh, not live in the sin of homosexuality or transgender or whatever it may be. Let's say that they're living with somebody. You know, we begin to to um, to you know uh, make this sin worse than that sin, or somebody who maybe uh, is involved in, in in drugs, or somebody who steals, or somebody whatever the case may be. We're all sinners, and we must be born again, and that's what we need to remember. Um, that we all have the propensity to sin because we're born sinners, 
there is hope through Jesus Christ and to to give the truth with truth and grace. If it's just all truth in a very judgmental way and no grace, then it's very hard message for them to hear. Um, but if it's just grace and there's no truth, then it's very flaky and we're not doing them any good. So it's just asking the Lord for guidance and direction and how to converse with them and to, you know, show that we want them to really hear the message. Because, you know, I was talking to somebody on Sunday who's working with somebody who uh, is involved in homosexual sexual lifestyle. And the the person I was talking to really cares about this person and is wondering, how do I talk to them? And I think that the the person that wants to share the gospel that I was talking to has really shown that, she, you know, she cares for this individual um, and really wants to give truth. And I think that that as we develop relationships, as we talk with them, as they they feel like they they can have that conversation with us. And again, some may blast us and some may, you know, be very offended by what we say. That's the gospel's offensive. But to be able to reach people um, in a way that we're, we're full of grace and truth and to be able to share the truth in love and how the Lord directs us and guides us, not compromising truth, um, but to be able to give that truth in a way that there's a saying, maybe perhaps, Sherry, you've heard of it, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, that we do care about their eternal salvation. And, and you know, to be able to <clears throat> to give truth to others um, in a way that, you know, may, maybe they'll be more open to listening and stuff. You remember Peter in the garden? Remember when they came to arrest Jesus? And Peter pulled out a sword and slashed off the ear of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. Well, you know, the Bible says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Absolutely. And I know know when I first got saved, man, I loved to take my sword, and I was chopping (laughs) ears off. And it was like plop, plop, plop. And, you know, the Lord said, you need to stop chopping ears off. And to be able to give the scriptures in a way... Give them the love of Jesus Christ, what he has done for them, to, to to pray that God will take what you've said, begin to work it in their lives, and um, and to be able to, to minister to them in that way to where they're not thinking, this guy is so angry at me, and right. this guy hates me, and all of this. We, we are not to hate them. Our weapons well, are not carnal. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, I, and I, I definitely agree with you on that. I do understand about the two-edged sword, uh, and I do understand, you know, there are a multitude of different different sins that uh, in the flesh, you know, of course, we all, like yeah. you said, are prone to indulge in or have or will indulge in, um, you know, but uh, what I'm saying more specifically is not necessarily even a relationship you may not have a relationship with a person so that you're even able to sit down with them and exercise that love that Jesus gives with grace and truth, because that is very important to have both. But I'm talking about like, what if this is just a coworker relationship or what if this is just yeah. uh, uh, you're at school with someone, you know, not where you're, you can actually sit. Let me tell you about Jesus, <laughs> you know, right. but it's just yeah. one of those things where, where they, where they say, no, I am, I was born as a man, but I want to be referred to as her. That yeah. that may not be appropriate to just talk to everyone 
and say, hey, let's sit down and talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that what a lot of people are doing is because at the workplace that, you know, they'll say, can I meet you after work or, you know, in a place that's not the workplace. But, you know, you, there's things you can do. Who, What do you, you know, what name do you want to be called? You know, um, and I think finding ways to be able to minister to them um, because it's a difficult thing. And, um, you know, I understand that we don't want to lie to them um, on who they are, but to be able to say, who is it that you want to be called and say why and be able to talk to them and just start that conversation. So it is hard, Sherry, but hey, you hear the break. We're going to be right back. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and we do have all open lines. Give me a call. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. And my name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you, having some interesting conversations. And, and we end it before the break. I appreciate Sherry calling from Massachusetts. Very important question that she has when we, we are dealing with others. And matter of fact, the text question came in, same thing about their 12-year-old son that has goes to school and, you know, dealing with pronouns and all this um, with transgender and not wanting to compromise God's word. And we're not to compromise God's word. How do we minister to them? You know, how do we do that? And we don't want to lie to them. Uh, when God created them, we do know that, uh, he made them in the beginning, male and female, and God doesn't make mistakes. That He's the potter, we're the clay, and it's interesting that Isaiah, in his day, that he even um, speaks of that. Um, that there were things that were um, going on in that nation that had turned away from the Lord, um, and he would say that you know, the, does the the clay say to the potter, I you didn't make me this way. And, and we see that very clearly. Surely you have things turned around is what Isaiah chapter 29 says. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay for sh- shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me or shall the thing form say of him who formed it, he has no understanding. The, the Lord didn't make any mistake. And so we don't want the light to them, We want, but we want to be able to converse with them. We want to be able to talk to them and and to ask them why and to be able to have those things. And it's hard. It's a difficult day in which we live in, especially our kids that are going to school. And we want to pray for wisdom. We want to be able to pray, um, you know, for God's wisdom and um, to be able to uh, be one that we answer in grace, but also answer in truth as well. And it's not always easy. Um, You know, I have my uh, youngest son who's going to graduate in music education, and he's wanting to be a a music teacher. He's going to be doing his student teaching. And these are issues that he's going to be faced with as a teacher. And those of you who are teachers or all of us are faced with these things that we want to be able to, to, to minister to others his truth and give the gospel and to be able to uh, have those conversations that we can begin with them. And it's not always easy. It's different for everyone. 
And so I wish I had a patent answer and a formula and all of this, but be directed by the Spirit of God. And uh, we do want to give them the love of Jesus Christ, and we want to be able to minister his truth to them, um, that the potter knows what he's doing. And he had understanding, and he wonderfully and fearfully made you, and and uh, be able to to go at at that end the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. The text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So I'd love for you to text in a question or a prayer request. But let's go to Katie. She's in Colorado. Katie. Yes. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Pastor. Thank you for calling. I have a couple of quick questions. Uh, the first one is, um, Adam and Eve, were they already deceased by the time Noah uh, was born? Well, you'd have to do a chronological timeline, but I believe that they would be deceased right before Noah, or maybe at the beginning when he was born. But, it, you know, when Noah comes on the scene and he's told to build the ark, I think mm-hmm. that they were already deceased. But I don't know the exact timeline because Adam— and Eve um, were uh, born and lived to be, I forgot how many hundreds of years. And we were talking mm-hmm. long centuries that uh, those um, early inhabitants of the earth lived before the flood because the earth was different. And so I'm not sure exactly the timeline. I'd have to look at that. Well, Cain got married, and so maybe Cain was still alive. I wonder. Yeah, and um, and so, you know, you can go through it, and you can do that study. I mean, Methuselah, he lived to be 969 years. That's almost a whole century. And then to, to look at Noah when he came on the scene. So, you know, I think I've I've looked at that, researched it at times, and, um, and you know, the graph and stuff. So um, I think Adam would die about 900, um, you know, uh, years um, after the creation of the world. And let's see, I just got a little um, table that was there. And let's see if we can find um, Noah. Noah would be after that. So Noah would come on the scene about 100 years after the death of Adam. Cain was still alive, possibly. Who? Cain. Cain? You know, well, we know Methuselah. Yeah. Generation. <laughs> yeah. Methuselah Maybe. was alive. Um, Seth was alive. Yeah. So, so those guys were alive is what I have here. So, so they um, would have died in the flood then, possibly. The flood. Uh, well, everybody died in the flood that was left. Well, yeah. So then they would have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, my second question is: Do you believe? Do you think um, that Adam and Eve will be in heaven? That we can meet. Well. Them? I think so, but you know, here's the thing: I'm not the judge, and um, and I, you know, the, the thing is, the Lord, uh, when they sinned, you know, surely you shall shall die if you eat of this tree, and and then they ate of the tree, and then the Lord made animal skins for them, so there was a sacrifice that was there, and um, so I, I think that we will, um, but here's the thing: people ask me, you know, was Adam and Eve were they saved? Was Saul saved, the first king of Israel? Um, they ask all the time. And the thing is, is that we can speculate. We can 
speculate on, you know, whether they're saved or not. We can uh, make, you know, our best judgment. There's evidence of it. But where I'm at today is, you know, the Lord is the judge. And um, and sometimes the Lord will say, because um, it, it brings up another uh, question, and that is that sometimes people will say, well, I don't think that they're saved. I don't think that they're saved. Do you think that they're saved? And it's like, I don't know. But, you know, the Lord says to me, Jeff, you don't know as much as you think you do. You know, let me judge, and then you love them, and you minister the gospel to them. And uh, so that's kind of where I leave it. So I don't know. I, I assume that we will. Uh, we do I know that. It would be interesting to see them in heaven. <laughs> well, yeah, and, um, and, and, and I do, but um think that we will see them. And when I see Adam, it's like, really, Adam? Um, <laughs> you know, every time I'm pulling weeds, it's like, Adam, I can't believe you did this to us. And um, But, you know, he represented all of us, and we're all— uh, now born because of Adam's sin, death and sin has come into the world, and um, because of Adam's sin, and and just um, amazing. So I think we will see Adam. Um, I just you know think about this too as well, um, which is an interesting concept that Adam was the only one, the only one, Katie, that lived in that perfect world. He's the only one that lived in that paradise, you know, before the fall. And I just imagine that, you know, the, the things, how beautiful it was, how wonderful it was. And and then after the fall, the fallen creation, even though we look around, um, we live in Colorado. It's very beautiful, isn't it? The mountains and everything, but it's a fallen creation. And I, I just wonder what Adam, what he, he thought of, oh, you know, uh, what I did, you know, um, this fallen creation now, but he was the only one and Eve to know what it was like before the fall. And, and that, that's incredible to me. Yes, it is. Very. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was, those are my questions. Thank you. Yeah. You know, they say, you know what they say of Adam, that he may be the least popular guy in heaven ever. So. Oh, <laughs> him and Eve too. Eve, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, but anyhow, so appreciate your call, Katie. 303-690-3000, got an open line. That's the calling number that I just gave to you, and we're on the other side of the break, and so, so glad to be with you, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And, hey, we're in a study in Galatians, and on Sunday mornings, I just want to let you know, and we just started it, um, and we've had one teaching in it, and so many people were uh, blessed by that, um, by that teaching, uh, Galatians, the gospel of grace, to remember that there's only one gospel. There's no two gospels. There's not different gospels. You know, we hear a lot of times about the social gospel or, you know, the progressive gospel or whatever. There's one gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ revealed to us in the scriptures. And so it's an incredible study. So join us for that on Sunday morning. You can come see us um, here in Greeley. If you're in the area, you can look at our uh, website, Calvary Chapel Greeley. That's all one word. G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org, O-R-G. You can watch us online uh, for those services, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And anywhere in the country, you can listen to us on live. Our online uh, audience is really growing, and uh, I know you'll be tremendously blessed. So I just wanted to give that quick announcement 
303-690-3000 is the call-in number for you to get on the air. Give me a call. we got a couple open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Korea. Cor- Corina. Yes. Cornina, how are you? Corina, good. How are you doing? I am good. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Um, I have called before and have asked for prayers. And, um, you know, thank God I I had gone through breast cancer um, at the age of 39 in 2018 um, and just recently celebrated my four-year anniversary of being cancer-free after all my treatments. Um, Part of my um, routine monitoring is going in every six months for a a breast MRI or a mammogram. And today I went in for, um, a, you know, the breast MRI, and yeah. they called me back and said that there is a spot on my left breast. Um, my cancer okay. before was on my right side, um, okay. but there's a spot on my left breast that requires um, further, you know, imaging and testing, and so I'm yeah. I'm just feeling sick to my stomach, nervous, and scared, obviously. Um, yeah. And so I need prayer. Yeah, and we're going to pray for you. Father, I pray for Corina. I just yeah. pray that as she has just gotten news that she didn't want to hear in her testing in a spot. So, Lord, I pray for her. I pray for your healing hand. I pray for not only your healing hand physically, that the cancer would not return. She's been through this battle, and, it, and it's a very scary time right now, a time to, where she's feeling anxious, um, where she's um, uncertain of, of what is going on. And Lord, not only do I pray for your healing hand upon her physically, but Lord, I pray for your comfort to be with her, that um, that she wouldn't be anxious, but just rest in your love. And Lord, give her a peace that passes understanding. And your word says that as we come with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, and I thank you that you've helped her, been merciful to her before, that she belongs to you. But Lord, uh, give her the peace that passes understanding. Guard her heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And Lord, bring that healing. And I pray that she would get a good report in the follow-up. And Lord, that uh, as she, in this time of, of feeling scared or feeling uh, anxious or um, uncertain, that Lord, that you bring certainty, <clears throat> that you would bring strength to her, that Lord, that she would know that her hope is in you, that she is in your hands. And when her heart is overwhelmed, she can cry out to you and you hear and you love her. So I pray for you to minister to her in every way. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, touch her and heal her. And Lord, um, just bring that peace, just perceiving your presence in a very real way. Show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You will be praying, okay? All right. Thank you. I'll I'll keep you posted. Yeah, keep me posted. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. You bet. 
Maybe you need prayer. We got time in the show for you to call because we got a couple open lines. And that number, call in number once again, is 303 690 3000. And in the meantime, we're going to go to Evan in Superior. Hey, Evan. Howdy. How you doing? I am good. You're on Calvary Live. Well, thank you much. Um, so I, I have a question, and uh, I know it's a, a long a long road, but just wonder if you could give me some, some good starting points. So, um, you know, the, the earlier question about Adam, one of the big things that Adam did was he chose his wife over God. And I feel like that's a lot. It's not that I'm choosing my wife over God, but in lots of different things, like I'm not involved in as many church activities. Uh, you know, my giving isn't where I want it to be. Um, lots of different things that I would do. Um, I'm kind of on board with my wife more than I'm on board with what I really want to do. And I don't know how to go about changing that situation. Well, um, it's, it's, you know, she yeah, doesn't really it, follow my lead a lot, things like that. Yeah. So, and I think, Evan, that what's important is that is that you minister to your wife in a way to um, where you are ministering the things of God to her, to be a protector, to be a, that provider, to be one that you're washing her with the water of the word. We're told that we're to live with our wife in an understanding way. It, it's an understanding way. That is, the things that are important to her need to be important to you. But the Bible doesn't say that we live with our wives in a compromising way. What is interesting, you made a reference to Adam, and and when you read that, when the serpent came to Eve and was talking with Eve, it says that the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and listen, this is what verse 6 tells us, she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So the indication to me is is that he was there. He's watching this conversation going on. He was with her, but he did not provide that protection. He did not bring in truth. He did not bring a covering for her, and that's what he should have done. And he didn't do that. And as for you, for you to be able to, you know, with, with love and um, with understanding, to be able to talk to your wife about these things, given her scripture, you know, being that, that spiritual leader and being a spiritual leader doesn't mean that some guys think that, uh, well, I got to be all dictatorial and, and, you know, and all of that. That's not your heart. I can hear that right now. But to be able to say, honey, listen, this is what God has for us. This is God's word for us. And to begin there because God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be blessed as a couple and he wants us to walk in truth. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. And he wants us to have a healthy marriage. And and he has commissioned me to be the leader of this home. And I want to lead with a serving attitude and in a way that I cherish you and I love you. And I want us to move forward in the things of God that please God. And I think that a lot of wives are looking for that. And, um, and to be able to pray with her and to, you know, <clears throat> move forward in sharing the word of God with her. And I know that, like you said, for some, it can be a long journey. 
Um, but to begin with that, your desire to be the spiritual leader, to cherish her, to love her as Christ loves the church, that means you serve her. That means you cherish her. And it begins in that way, living with her in an understanding way, listening to her, but then sharing that truth with her and saying, I want our home to be a home that pleases the Lord. I want our home to be to where the things the Lord are spoken of and to lead in that way. But I think what happens sometimes is, and I'm not saying this is the case with you at all, but sometimes husbands, they become very passive in leading and, or they just throw up their hands and, and they think, well, you know, just the way it is. And, and, um, with no prayer, no desire to really talk with their spouse, uh, about those things, the spiritual things that are very important for them to talk about and to say, I desire to be one that leads in a way that is, you know, pleasing to the Lord and that will bring good to this home. I think there's a lot of wives out there that would love to hear that from their husband that would just say that I want to lead this home and I want to lead us in a way that's pleasing to the Lord where I'm serving you and I'm cherishing you and I'm willing to lay down my life for you. And um, and that's where it's going to begin. Okay, thank you. Can I pray for you? Uh, yes. Father, I pray for Evan. Is He's asking a very important question, and he wants to, to be one, to be on the same page with his wife, but, Lord, that, that he would step forward and, Lord, be one that's praying for his wife, to give in truth to his wife, to cherishing his wife. Um, to live with her in an understanding way, but to, to express that to her. And Lord, I pray that um, that you would minister to her in drawing her to you, um, that she would come to that point of respecting her husband and allowing him to lead. And Lord, I just pray for this couple that, that you would bring them to, to that place of where their roles are, um, that they can understand that you want the very best for them Help Evan to lead in that way, and Lord, to to be that leader that is strong in the Word of God, um, godly character, um, that is willing to serve, willing to cherish in every way. And Lord, I pray that she would respond to that in a, in a way that, Lord, is a blessing and a benefit to their marriage. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Evan, be you. praying for you. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Let's go to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Debbie? Debbie? Hi, Debbie. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, you're on Calvary Live. Go ahead. Um, I, first of all, I appreciate you guys, and I know that with this prayer request, it's going to be prayed for. Yes. Um, My younger sister had... Two children. Her first daughter committed suicide at the age 41. And just recently, her second daughter died of a heart attack at 41. And as a strong believer myself, I can't even wrap my mind around her grief, and she's not strong in the faith. I'm, you know, I don't even know that she's saved. And I, 
All I tell her is that I love her and I'm so sorry. That's all I can say to her. And uh, I just ask that you pray for her. Her name is Katie. Uh, Her daughter left behind a husband and two children. And um, it's just ripped them all apart. Yeah, that's very difficult. And then also you had another prayer request to go with that? I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and I go in November the 1st for a total mastectomy. So I would like prayer for myself also. Absolutely. Father, I pray for my precious sister calling from Tennessee and I pray, first of all, she has breast cancer. She's going to go in for surgery, that you would prepare her for that, Lord. Um, Lord, just in her heart, um, mentally. But, Lord, I pray that the surgery would, um, Lord, that would go with no complications, be with the surgeon, be with the medical team. And, Lord, I just pray for healing for her. I just pray for healing that, that Lord, if you choose to use the surgery to do that, that you would do that even before that. But, but Lord, is it's scheduled. I just pray for you to touch her body, to bring healing, to minister to her, help her in the recovery um, in the days after the surgery and rehab. But Lord, I also pray for her family. Her sister Katie has had two daughters that have died tragically, um, and Lord, their family left behind. And I just give Debbie the words to be able to, to speak um, into their lives of of the gospel. And Lord, I pray for her, uh, her sister Katie that is grieving so deeply and going through such loss that you would just minister to her, draw her to you, um, that she would come to a place that we know that there's hope in you. And um, I just pray that you would just uh, minister your comfort to her, even as Paul, when he talked about his great grief, that he said that you are the God of comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. So I pray that they would come to this family. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. You bet, Debbie. We'll be praying. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've got time for one more call for Jackie in Miami, Florida. Jackie? Pastor, um, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. The reason I'm calling is because I have a son that's 30 years old, and all of a sudden he decided to be homosexual. And I'm I'm going to this church that's like a healing church, Mm -hmm. and they told me I had my first son was a boy. And this one is the second, the second one I had. But I wanted a girl when he was in the womb. So when he was born, I was very upset that he was a boy and not a girl. So when I went to this church, they told me that I had to ask him for forgiveness, and that I had, and the reason why he turned into a girl was because because I wanted a girl. I never told well. him. This. You know, Jackie, we're going to pray. We only got a couple minutes, but that's nonsense. And um, so I would find a church that's going to give you the truth of God's Word, that He wonderfully and fearfully made us, that He's the potter, we're the clay. And I read from Isaiah earlier today 
that, you know, the clay that says you have no understanding. Uh, that was a, a spirit of rebellion and sin that they were doing in Judah. But, Lord, I do pray for Jackie. Lord, I just pray that she get good, sound, biblical um, teaching and advice. And, Lord, I pray for her son, that he would realize that you are the one that made him into um, the the man that he is. And there was no mistake. And, Lord, that he would come to understand that uh, you desire for him to live in a way that um, he can live in in freedom and be forgiven of sin. Um, it's not a sin that can't be forgiven, that he would turn away from that lifestyle. And, Lord, that you would touch his heart and that you would minister your truth to him, Lord. I pray that you would minister, um, Lord, just the grace of, of your gospel and love to him. And he would come to understand that he must be born again. And so, Lord, I pray again for Jackie that she would come to some good, sound, biblical advice um, that would be able to minister to her son the truth of your word. And so I just pray for my sister. She's concerned. And um, But, Lord, I don't want her to be confused. So I pray that uh, you're not a God of confusion, but you're a God who loves her, who loves her son, and that's, that you would bring him to a place of, Lord, knowing that you have such a better plan, and that is to live for him in the way that you made him. And so, Lord, um, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Calvary Live. Calvary Live will be back tomorrow, same time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.